Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With great mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo five zero. And crown thy good with brotherhood from sea to shining sea. American Radio. News, opinion, and a little irreverence from both sides of the 49th parallel. This is American Radio with Mike Phillip. Hey everybody, welcome back to American Knock Radio on Mojo 5 WBM 324 on the Stu Peters Network. On Rumble, I'm Mike Phillip. I feel good today. Yep, I do. Better than a Japanese Prime Minister, or a former one anyway, I can safely say. Uh, too soon? Was that not? No, okay. Uh, I, uh, I, I want to say something right before we start here. There's been some weird stuff happening with Rumble and American Knock Radio. And uh, <laughs> we were on air yesterday, and uh, I was kind of keeping a number on uh, an eye on the live views while we were, uh, you know, doing our thing here. And uh, <laughs> we had several hundred people all commenting and chatting at the same time. And the numbers don't change really when we're live. I've been watching it for a while now uh, because we're live, right? And I can see the chat room, and I like to interact with our listening audience. And so I get off air and and Rumble tells me that we had 18 live views, which is a physical impossibility. Then, uh, as usual, like uh, Rumble's not like YouTube. It it, it doesn't show live count as it goes. It updates every two hours from what I've noticed. Then it goes to 1,900 views, which is still drastically down from our normal listenership. And then it updates again two late two hours later to fifteen hundred views. So we had uh, a lot of listeners extracted and deleted from our total view count. And so I mean, look, pro tip to whoever's trying to shadow ban and censor this show and make it look like it's not as popular it is as it is. Uh, yeah, you're getting greedy. You're being stupid. Uh, you're, you're an idiot. And and, and look. Much like people that think paying taxes will change the weather, uh, trying to stop the work 
of God is like mentally handicapped children throwing ice cubes at the sun trying to put it out. In fact, it's stupider. So I'm just going to assume that we have our regular numbers. I'm not blaming Rumble for this, although it's a distinct possibility. And then listen to this. I was was thinking about our numbers being down, and uh, I'm talking to a guy I know in... uh, I'm talking to a guy I know in Wisconsin, and he says, congratulations. And I said, for what? He says, because you're number four out of the top 20 on the whole Rumble platform. And so, (laughs) with 18 views, I don't know. (laughs) Something, I'm no mathematician here. I'm no, I'm no, I, I got half a semester of chemistry under my belt. Uh, I'm just kidding, not even that. But, uh, something don't jive. We got a great show for you today. Greg freaking Meekin is going to be joining us for Dueling Citizens right away here. And then, in the second hour, uh, we have an immigration lawyer in New York, Miss uh, Elizabeth Claren of Lips Matthias LLP, is going to be uh, joining us for the first segment of the second hour. Look at that, my hat just became transparent. I don't move these lights. It just it changes every day. Anyway, uh, she's going to be joining us to talk about... Uh, everybody's aware of immigration just kind of pouring in the southern border. and uh, But but I want to talk about difficulties with immigration with legitimate people that have uh, skills and legitimately want to be Americans. Uh, and, and the difficulties and the stumbling blocks that are put in front of them uh, in order to, well, well, just make things difficult. And you know what? In some ways, I kind of like that because uh, easy come, easy go, right? Nothing worth having uh, is just handed to you, right? There's a little bit of work involved. And so, you know, my brother in his family, for example, uh, they had a door open to them by by uh, our Lord, who, you know, to him there's no boundaries. The, the world belongs to him. Uh, it's all his. And in, in the middle of the most uh, insane border lockdowns I've ever seen on the 49th parallel of my life, they were able to walk through. Uh, but they still have some things that they need to deal with. So we're going to get an expert in to talk about that. And I have never talked to Elizabeth Claren before. And uh, that's how I like doing interviews. I do because I find that uh, if you talk to somebody too much before the show, uh, you flesh it all out and then uh, something's lost when it's live. You know what I mean? And so I I don't even know what this woman's voice sounds like, but either way, I already like her and and, uh, looking forward to having her on the show. And she's a real American, even if she's from Buffalo, New York. Let's go to... Dueling Citizens with Greg Freakin' Meekin. And runaway inflation, the education mess. Greg sorts it all out and offers Greg's List Solutions. Now presenting Dueling Citizens with Greg Meekin. Greg, what's going on? Well, it's another Friday with you here, Mike Phillip. Where, where, where is the time going? Uh, this is episode seven of Dueling Citizens. Can you believe it? I can't believe it, man. It's like one minute you're uh, 
you're giving a speech in Japan and the next minute uh, everything's over and uh, either that or it's Friday goes by and all of a sudden you're live with Greg freaking Meekin. And, uh, you know, there, there's there's tractor wars going on in the Netherlands, which are, I, I don't know if you, I don't know, now that you're in Arizona, I don't know if you monitor Canadian media as much as you used to. Uh, but there's this 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 lady. Uh, well, I was going to say lady, but as far as I can tell, she's the furthest thing from it. Uh, this reporter for Global News, who is a uh, well, for all sense and purposes, she's not a reporter whatsoever. Uh, she's she she looks like uh, somebody you see making selfies uh, with piles of dirty clothes around her and a bunch of uh, children with with no father. Uh, but somebody made her a reporter, and and so she's she's been doing all these reports on how uh, some friends of mine uh, that call themselves the Plaid Army now they're diagonal. They made this map of North America going from Alaska to Texas, saying, you know, we need to make a new country and and split off conservative types from the rest of the uh, the more insane ones in the country and uh all of a sudden the media is jumping all over and, and these the they're basically they're internet comedians right they, they they don't really they're not really serious people and all of a sudden they're being blamed by the uh the supreme allied commander of holland for uh starting these tractor wars that germany is now getting in on and uh it looks like it the italian farmers and uh Who'd have thought it'd be the farmers, eh? I, I, I always thought farmers were just uh, cranky people who complained about the weather and how much money they're not making driving brand new pickup trucks and meeting at Albert's in the morning. Uh, Greg, your thoughts? Oh, uh, it's so hard to uh, to continue talking about the garbage media out there, Mike. Uh we get so tired of this where, where there, you know, there are stories, there are probably true stories underneath all the nonsense somewhere, but we don't hear it. We hear garbage from the mainstream media. Uh, and, and this is just the last, last one, you know, uh, we watch the, uh, you know, good old Rush Limbaugh used to call it the drive by media, you know, scoop by when there might be a story and you cover it for about 18 hours and then you scoot on to another story. Um, it's, uh, it's really disappointing to me that we have to actually endure listening to mainstream media, Mike. I mean, that's about it right there. It is funny, though. Like, it's unintentionally funny at times. I mean, uh, you know... Yeah. If you, if you, you know, yeah. the, uh, of course the intent is malicious, right? We all know that. But it is kind of funny that they think that they can just pull this stuff in front of everybody. And not only that, but uh, like I mentioned, this 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 uh, woman reporter uh, that they've got now smearing friends of mine. And uh, they're, they're just they're not serious people like these are people that uh, might have been working in the mailroom at a radio station when I started out. And, uh, you know, it had been like, get me a coffee, toots. And now they're like an anchor. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Before they'd have been fetching Kent Brockman a Danish, but now all of a sudden they're serious people. Uh, it is ridiculous. The lack of professionalism, lack of journalistic standards. Uh, I believe just to, to jump quick here on that thought, I believe there's going to be a backlash. I believe there's going to be a tsunami, a wave back to 
<clears throat> professionalism, journalism, uh, common sense government, that kind of thing. I sense. I, I, I simply can't dwell on the garbage that's out there right now, like you say. Listening to the media right now, it's like watching a bunch of seniors in high school do selfies, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I believe I'm going to go glasses half full as I, as, as I always do. You're right. You cannot keep the truth down. You cannot keep the truth suppressed. The truth will overcome. And I believe that there is a movement starting with guys like Mike Phillip and American Arc Radio. I think there is a movement where hopefully in this next year or two, we will hear sanity. We will hear professional journalistic standards. I mean, Mike, CNN, good old CNN, used to be the stalwart, the stalwart back in the 1990s and stuff. They are disintegrating from within and now are scrambling, Mike. They're scrambling to retool their uh, journalism to be a little more fair and conservative. Imagine that, Mike. Yeah, too little, too late, man. I I think uh, like I I won't uh, I won't ever turn on those. Shows. In fact, I I literally um, I don't watch hardly any. Once in a while, I'll turn on the TV, but mostly I just like to sit and read my Bible at the table at night or in bed, but with the nightstand on because the more this world goes on, <clears throat> the more solid. The work of God is to me, and the more I gravitate towards that because it is so foolish and ridiculous. But anyway, you uh, you've been involved with the AB fifty one crowd for a while now. Um, we've got this new guy, Josh yes, Woods, that uh, is going to be doing some media representation. I spoke with him yesterday. Uh, I right. I went and grabbed the uh, the uh, what, what the Canadian. Uh, 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 AB fifty one video that you did with uh, Chris Brennan. Should we throw that on? Oh, throw it on! I'll tell you what, Mike. Uh, this was released on the fourth of July. Yeah, uh, it was important. It was released on the fourth of July. Uh, the uh, the uh, video addresses July first Canada Day. It's it's called the Canada Day Flyover. Uh, it's, it's a quick minute plus clip and it will be self-explanatory. Uh, but I was extremely excited to get the video produced and to get it released uh, uh, by the 4th. And I just want to tell you, Chris in Wisconsin is my hero. He did a fabulous job, including the voiceover on this mic. I've had a lot of people ask me, who did that voiceover? And that's Chris. So uh, with no further ado, uh, just play the play the video uh and i was very moved actually to have it produced and have it ready on time done deal let's go with it in 2022 woke canada tried to cancel canada day the United States is happy to oblige and proudly declares July 1st, 2023, Alberta 51 Independence Day. Canada Day is now Independence Day for Alberta, USA. Let's celebrate Alberta. Let's celebrate America. Let's celebrate freedom. Now is the time to fly. Now is the time 
there will never be a better time for Alberta 51. Calgary, Edmonton, Banff. Let freedom ring. Soar to new heights of freedom. Reach for the clouds. The United States of America wants Alberta back in the family. The family of freedom. Alberta 51. Referendum 2023. Vote for freedom. Well done. I'm looking at my... uh... Can you hear me, Greg? I can hear you beautifully, Mike. Okay, uh, but I'm being taught, I'm being shown here that uh, our broadcast program is uh, going in and out. So uh, we have a uh, massive internet shortage going on in Canada. Um, <laughs> there's no interact. <laughs> like seriously, there's no interact uh, right now. You can't go to the store and pay with your debit card, and there's no e-transfer available. And uh, my broadcast software. Tells me that uh, our internet is going in and out here. Hey, Jen, have you got internet next door there? You do? Okay. Greg, I can hear your air conditioner all of a sudden here, or a fan or something. Can you turn that off? Okay, is that better right now? It is, yes. It sounded like uh, somebody was rubbing a microphone with sandpaper. Uh, Greg, (laughs) let's talk Alberta 51. You wrote a open letter to Justin Trudeau, and... uh, Audio is fine. It, video is intermittent. Okay, thank you, Captain Malcolm Reynolds. And by the way, DS Patriot Navy Dad, good to see you. Everybody, he got back to me last night. Uh, we're kind of a little family over here at American Ock Radio at the chat room. And uh, people were, people were, uh, where's DS Patriot Navy Dad? They were, uh, they were, they were really worried about you. Good to know that people love you out there. Hey, DS Patriot Navy Dad in Louisiana. But we're talking about Alberta 51 right now. Greg, let's talk Alberta 51. Let's get into your uh, current greetings from Toronto. Good to see you, pal. Uh, let's talk about your open letter to Justin Trudeau. And then I want to get into a uh, policy paper that was released on the Government of Canada's website uh, regarding agriculture and Greta Thunberg and how dare you and so forth. Greg, let's talk about your open letter here. And uh, do you want to just read it to everybody? Oh, what, there you go. I was not expecting that. I don't have it in front of me, man. I'm on my radio, on my phone talking to Mike Phillip. Oh, I would, I would look at you. Not <laughs> ready to go. All right, fine. I'll go to gregmeekin.com. I'll read it. I would love I got to do everything. Oh, you're a great, re- I hear you're a great reader on the radio, Mike. I, I've, t- I've said, I told the, the 51 group, I'd rather have you read it. Or uh, Chris read it, you know that. But I would love to hear you actually read that. I'll sit back and enjoy it. Uh, the letter, honestly, Mike, you know, sometimes in your life, you come to a tipping point, you come to a fork in the road, you know, two roads diverge in a yellow wood. And uh, normally, uh, anyone who knows me knows I'm a really private person. I, I, I publish stuff and, you know, when I wrote a book and stuff, but... This, this letter came right out of my heart. It came out of uh, the blue. Um, it, 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 it really was what I wanted to say from my heart to Justin Trudeau uh, in a professional but clear manner. But it poured out of me. I just almost had to get it out of me um, because I have never seen anything, Mike, and I mean this. I mean this. I've never seen anything like Joe Biden down here in the States. I have never I've never seen anything like the poor leadership of uh, Justin Trudeau right now. And honestly, it breaks my heart. So 
this letter poured out of me and uh it's pretty self-explanatory once you read it thank you i i i, I thank you for reading it because i would like to just sit back and, and listen actually all right so i went to your uh website and i saw an article on bill cosby from 2017 so i had to go to facebook to open this up for some reason but i've got it you know what greg let's uh it's friday let's throw some bed music on here shall we <laughs> sure. but, uh, I'm going to read Greg's open letter to Justin Trudeau What should we throw behind it here How about some uh, Let's see How about You know it's interesting Mike What's Hey that? Mike you, you mentioned the Bill Cosby article Yeah uh, that, is, that is an article I, I, Just as a side note um, I made a decision really not to deal with the Canadian press anymore yeah. Because that article, that article went, and if you, the, the, the title was Bill Cosby Sparked This Firestorm, and it was picked up by a Canadian newspaper. I'm not even going to mention who, a uh, conservative paper. And by the time it got to print, uh, everything was changed on it. The title was changed. The edginess was changed. Uh, so I actually, on my site, I posted two versions, the original version by me and the Canadian version. It's, it's, it's funny you bring it up because uh, I haven't heard of really uh the, the the name of that article in so many years so if anything thanks for bringing that up as a as a memory lane and also helping me make the decision to really not deal with the canadian press yeah no problem good stuff all right you know what we're gonna go with uh snow informer since this is canadian let's go with a uh canadian rapper that's uh if he was any whiter, he'd be clear. Not that that's a bad thing. And uh, I, I think he was also in jail. You remember his snow? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. There we go. Uh. All right, all right, all right. Are you ready? My last open letter to Justin Trudeau by Greg freaking Meekin. <laughs> Dear Prime Minister Trudeau, I'm writing to give you a heads up that you will be losing one of your provinces any minute, Alberta. Greg, I got a problem with that. It's not his and it never was. Gotta correct you. That's okay. It shouldn't be a surprise or disappointment to you that Alberta will choose to divorce Canada. You've been dismissing and dissing Oh, I like what you did there. Alberta, since you could yeah. barely talk, uh, so yesterday. So why stop now? <laughs> I think I uh, even heard you snicker with the first line of this open letter. I I know you think it can't happen, but it can. Write it down. As I wrote in previous open letter to you, I remember the day you were born. You were there when Justin Trudeau was born, Greg? Uh, I wasn't present in the operating room, but I heard about it in the media. Okay. Uh, I told a school buddy in Dorval, Quebec, that the baby in diapers born on Christmas Day 1971 would be prime minister someday. I was 12, but I was right. He was born on Christmas Day. Isn't it incredible? You can't make this stuff up, Mike. In a manger? Was he born in a manger? I, I'm not sure. I'm just, I think it was in Ottawa. Is there a manger in Ottawa? I'm just Mike? kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> were, were you born in a barn, kid? All right. 
<laughs> I grew up in Montreal and voted for your dad twice. You voted for P.R. Elliot Trudeau, Greg. Twice. My mother told me to. She was a liberal school teacher, uh, union member in Montreal, and all I knew about was Montreal Canadiens hockey and uh, hitting the bars for beer. So I voted for Trudeau twice. This will be the last dueling citizens, everybody. All right. Uh, I, 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 uh, so you knew that he was going to be the prime minister. I grew up in Montreal and voted for your dad twice because my PSBAGM mother told me to. Well, you got to do what your mommy says, Greg. That's another story. That's I left right. for the United States in 1983. Now live in Arizona and my dual citizen lifetime. I've been a legal constituent of 11 Canadian prime ministers and 13 United States presidents, including you and Biden down here in uh, lower 48. I'm a media analyst, business analyst, political wonk. I covered your father in 78 for my college newspaper. My favorite president was Reagan. I, I miss him so much. I miss JFK. I miss the leaders who, despite being politicians, truly espoused a love for their country, a respect for the rule of law, and an ingrained duty to protect all citizens. And then the letter, uh, it looks like it goes into the lyrics but for Lola by the Kinks. I'm just kidding, Greg. <laughs> In my 63 years and after objective consideration, I have determined the worst president in the history of the United States is Joe, is, uh, Joe Biden. No question, Carter was inept during his tenure, but he was a good man, a smart man, and uh, he had peanuts. Uh, President Carter loved and respected his country, constituents, and squirrels. Sadly to me, I added that, uh, the worst Canadian Prime Minister in the history of Confederation is Justin Trudeau. You, it's not even a close call. Oh, he's feeling this, Greg. He's feeling uh-huh. this, Greg. Greg, Greg, you're talking tough now. I won't take any time here to list the blatant failure of your tenure or the decisions you have made as leader of my beloved Canada. The laundry list of ineptitude and corruption is way too big and tragic and stinky. You have failed the Canadian people. Failed! In every way imaginable. And shockingly, even to me, you don't seem to care. It is this apathy and arrogance that has caused Westerners to become disenfranchised as old-fashioned, irrelevant Canadians. They're frustrated and angry with the blatant disrespect coming from Ottawa and Quebec. But you've known that for decades. If it weren't for the royal Santa bag of Alberta equalization money flowing back there every year, Eastern Canada wouldn't even put Alberta on their Christmas card list. This is true, everybody. There would be no Canada Uh, There would be no pensions. There would be no, uh, well, nothing really without Alberta in Canada. And we ran out of bed music. Let's uh, let's throw some more. How about uh, Paul Revere? How's that? (laughs) All right. Uh, Going, moving right along here. Let's see. My message to you, Mr. Prime Minister other than to resign immediately, is please do not be surprised when Alberta citizens choose to become Texas North or the 51st State of the Union. And please don't pretend you love them and want them to stay. You just want their money. Please don't shame them for wanting to keep their own oil revenue for their own citizens 
and not sharing those billions with an abusive spouse in Ottawa. Please understand when Alberta dumps you, other provinces might follow. You heard it here. Hey, Greg, I just had an idea. Yep. Uh, Here's how we sell this. President Biden, if Alberta becomes a state, that'll be more oil uh, for you to give to China for your son's business. (laughs) See, there's a way we can appeal to the Democrats with this, too. <laughs> uh, you know, it's so funny. It's funny you mention that because I said this will be the first vote in the Senate for Alberta fifty-one that'll be a hundred to nothing, because even AOC and Bernie and, uh, and all the socialists, they're going to want the oil money for all their social programs. So right. I think they'll even vote yes, Mike. Right. And, well, and we can just tell them that the uh, the the carbon emissions stop at the forty-nine <laughs> parallel. They won't go over the U.S. because. Uh, <laughs> Uh, uh, we'll just make a law. We'll make it illegal for carbon <laughs> emissions to go across the border. Uh, a narcissist uh, of abusing spouse is often shocked when losing control of a domestic situation and when a loving lifetime partner just up and leaves forever, Alberta will stroll down the road to American freedom next June and there's nothing you can do about it but go home <laughs> and wash your socks. So please don't gaslight. Don't blame her for wanting out. <laughs> Could you change this existentially divisive direction, Mr. Prime Minister? Could you repair the foundation of a cracking confederation? Sure. Truly great leaders have the gift of pragmatism, courage, and inclusive solidarity. But after penning an open letter to you last February, urging you to diplomatically mitigate the Freedom Convoy 2022 standoff, I then watched in horror as you froze personal bank accounts, locked up dissenters with no bail, verbally trashed lawful and thoroughly Canadian protest. You know what they should have? You know what he should have done? This is what he should have done with that freedom protest. He should have said, he should have went on the media, Greg, and said, "I am with you, fellers. I'm on your side." And gone out and like shook Pat King's hand in front of CTV News, and and everybody would have been like. Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And they would have left. See? Reverse psychology, yep. Trudeau. You don't get it. Uh, the world was watching this un-Canadian abuse of power and oppression wrought upon law-abiding citizens during the Freedom Convoy episode by emotionally drained and detached. Prime Minister, I sadly concluded that you are less interested in the daily lives of Canadians as you are your own lofty throne in Ottawa, or perhaps yourself cast a dramatic role on the world stage, or both. <laughs> Is it too late to salvage Alberta? I'm not sure. But once again, just a heads up, Alberta, USA, June 30th, 2023. Write it down. Mark your calendar. Because sometimes in life, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Like the 15-minute uh, hit by Cinderella in the 80s. <laughs> Greg, we got to go to a commercial break for our sponsors at Mojo 5.0. Really quick, is there anything you want to say before we do this? Uh, no, that's just a work of art, the way you read that letter. I, I'll tell you what, you did more editing than the mainstream media editing out a conservative writer, man. That was great. Well, that I'm was not, great. Uh, I'm not a professional journalist, so I'm not standing in front of a mirror fixing my <laughs> lipstick all day. All right. <laughs> Uh, Commercial break. Mojo 50 WBN 324. Stu Peters Network on Rumble. It's Friday. We'll be back right after this with Greg Freak and Meekin. 
for the last segment of Hour One. Then immigration lawyer uh, Elizabeth from Buffalo, New York. Then we're going to do some Bible study in the last hour. And the ninth hour of prayer. Stick around. We'll be right back. You want to wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud. Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com. And don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs. And if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at RomicaDesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at RomicaDesigns.com or visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com. Five major food distributors have suffered explosions at food processing and storage facilities in the last few months. 20 more facilities have been destroyed by fires over the last four months. War in Ukraine drags on and holds the looming threat of clear escalation. U.S. inflation is officially reported above 8%. Mobs of people are whipped into frenzy by an increasingly unstable class of political elites. We live in interesting times. Political, economic, and financial collapse are all very real threats to our way of life. If the worst happens, make sure you and your loved ones are prepared with emergency food and supplies from preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. Coffee lovers everywhere now have the opportunity to do their part to save the planet with Al Gore's lab-grown coffee substitute. We, here at Coffee Drinkers for Climate Change, believe this is a terrible idea. While man-bun-wearing, soy-latte-loving poodle walkers everywhere are in love with the eco-friendly lab-grown sadness water, coffee drinkers for climate change want to see the sea levels rise and for New York City to join the lost city of Ventus, 12,000 leagues beneath the sea. American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. Every pot brewed is an eco-disaster 100 times greater than the Fukushima extinction-level event. So order yours today and do your part to hasten the end of the planet. You don't want to live forever, do you? AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That's AmericanPrideRoasters.com. How dare you? (laughs) We dare. We dare.
5 a.m. Eastern Standard, 10 a.m. UK, and 9 p.m. New South Wales. I'll see you Sunday. America Nuck Radio. I would say the world's most underrated radio shows. America Nuck Radio. This guy, Mike Phillip, is brilliant. I listen to him every day. Love your show. I, I really do. I'm a huge fan. Thank you for doing what you're doing. America Nuck Radio. I believe in the man in the sky. The man in the sky. I believe with his head I'll get by. America Nuck Radio. My footsteps may fall there. My eyes may fall Welcome back to American Nuck Radio. But he's my Excuse me. WBN324, Sue Peters Network on Rumble. And uh, I, 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 I almost can't wait to see how uh, the powers that be, and, and I, I say that with a small T, powers that be, Rumble decides to uh, downplay us today. I was looking at the uh, chat room while... Uh, well, I was I was on the commercial break there, and, and we've got loads of uh, prayers answered and reports of people that have uh, felt the Holy Ghost watching this show and had their lives touched, and that's really really the best part of my day, to be quite honest with you. And uh, yeah, uh, we had uh, Delta Harp, uh, and let's see, we prayed for uh, a, a lady yesterday, and he said that. Uh, Melanie and Lena are safe for now. I don't even know what their situation is, but God does. And in the ninth hour, we've been praying for people and and people are getting confirmations that God is dealing with them and people around them. And there's just nothing better than that, to be quite honest with you. Uh, We're going to get into the second segment of hour one. Iva J. Main down in the comments. Good to see you. This is your brother, Danny, speaking. Uh... Not really. Greg, welcome back to segment two. Uh, there was some things that we had discussed going into the show today. And uh, I, I forget every single one of them. So I'm going to let you take the topic uh, going forward here. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. There was, a, there was a discussion paper from Agriculture Canada that we were going to talk about. But uh, you're the guest here. So I'm going to let you take the floor. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you what, it's fun. Uh, no matter what, I kind of like the back and forth a little bit. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, I mentioned uh, Fridays to me uh, on uh, uh, Dueling Citizens with uh, Mike Phillip uh, are a fun day for me. I can I, I sit back, I, I, I relax, and uh, and uh, look forward to a good weekend. But uh, if uh, I guess the message for me right now that that, that I'd want to share is that. Uh, you know, you have fun doing what you do, Mike. I have fun doing what I do. Um, we try to make things entertaining. We know lots of really cool, influential people. But the bottom line to everything that we do is the message that we send to our listeners, to our readers. Uh, we don't just talk. We really try to change lives, you know, one at a time. Uh, and, and I think I think if everybody out there can feel a charge to keep that there's a little more out there than just your own lives, than selfies, than social media, that it really is our responsibility to take everything we've learned, everything we've known, 
all the wisdoms that we have, wisdom that we have, and share it with others to help change others' lives. And if 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 I've been, I was drawn to your show and you many many moons ago because you connected with me, and I know you invited me on my, on your show a long a long time ago. It seems like years ago, Mike, because I connected with you. And uh, if there's any message I have today for everybody listening is that uh, we all indeed are, are special, special individual people in the world with our own gifts, our own skill set, our own message. And we do often, including me, get self-absorbed in our daily life. And my message is to 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 reach out to others and to to impact others and uh, when that happens everything works out for good mike everything works out for good so it i didn't does, expect yeah, everything does i have seen that. it over and over again yeah you bet <clears throat> uh, i appreciate what you do and i know you appreciate what i do and I even have a connection with your audience. Goodness, I don't even know Delta Harp, but she's a, uh, she's a community listener of yours, and I think she's great. She lives in Arizona. I know that because I'm part, part of your community. The I don't know that Delta get, Harp like, is even a woman. <laughs> I don't. Uh, hey, no, I'm not. Hey, there you go. You know, we can all have our prejudgments either way. It doesn't even matter to me. You know what? Every time she speaks, uh, she's connecting with you, and she's a great part a participant in the community. Uh, so I'm I'm having as much fun uh, participating in this with you on Fridays as I think you are, and hopefully the, all the listeners are too. Uh, it's a great big crazy brutal world out there, Mike. And I'll tell you what, just to just to kind of conclude a little bit this thought. There are a lot of beat up people out there, Mike. There are a lot of frustrated people out there, Mike. There are people up in Alberta who I just reach out to every single day because they're dying for freedom, to free the oppression of Canada. Uh, there's a frustration down in the United States, Mike. I've never seen a president like this, ever, ever, ever. Pres the president of the United States right now uh, is is as far as far as I'm concerned is doing a disservice to every law-abiding abiding American citizen. Uh, what we're seeing in the press and the frustration I'm hearing uh, is, I think, universal, and I think it's worldwide. We saw that a little bit with the convoy. You know, there's a there's there's just a a craving for freedom, Mike. There's a craving to not be censored. Uh, there's a craving to get out of this stupid PC world woke nonsense. And if I, I could continue to have a glass is half full in life, it's that I think things are going to change. I think that there is a tsunami of, uh, of common sense that's coming across both of our countries. Uh, if you don't believe that, check out the United States in November after the election, because the uh, Republican Party is going to sweep Congress and I believe, I've been saying this from the beginning, they are going to get control of the Senate again, no matter what the talking heads say. And I think November is going to be a, a turning point for all of us, north, south of the border and worldwide. And I think it'll be accumulated, or whatever that word is, uh, in the 2024 election, where America, I believe, is going to, to right 
its own listing ship. It's going to write its ship of this crazy nonsense that none of us can believe when we read the news every day. I've said this to you a million times, Mike. I, I, you can't make this stuff up, man. You can't make this stuff up. Uh, by so the way, we, we have breaking news. Delta Harp is a woman. Delta Harp, <laughs> Delta Harp is definitely a female. Well, identifies as one anyway. I just got an email. Listen to this. It says, are Trump and Israelis laughing at you Christian Zionists? Uh, did I, when have I said I was a Christian Zionist? That's that's assuming a lot. Uh, I I do not identify as a Christian Zionist. Uh, let's 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 get over to this uh, government of Canada report that I threw on the website or threw over to Peyton J Smith, and this this is uh, the government of Canada. Okay, don't laugh. <laughs> Government of Canada uh, announced its strengthened climate plan, a healthy environment and healthy economy. Uh, you can't have both. Uh, it, it inc- well, I believe you can. Uh, more oil refineries, uh, maybe throw a nuclear reactor in a lake. Uh, the fish are bigger. It includes a number of measures affecting the agricultural sector with a goal to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and increase uh, carbon sequestration. This discussion paper addresses one of these measures, a national target to reduce absolute levels of emissions arising from fertilizer application by 30% below 2020 levels by 2030. Now, the uh, it gives you a list of abbreviations. And if you actually read the meat of this, it's it's posted over at AmericanOcRadio.com. And... Uh, well, it's 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 like a a, a twenty year old girl wrote it with a degree in backs, basket weaving and Aztec dance culture, uh, but these people don't really understand where food comes from. They don't understand uh, the work involved. They don't understand. Well, they don't understand a lot. You could fill a warehouse with what they don't understand. But as Ronald Reagan, your favorite president, said. The thing about liberals is that it's not they're stupid. They know so much that is not so. And they know it. They know it. They're, they're just, they're sure of it. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm looking at the, the government of Canada recognizes the important work farmers do as stewards of the land. Don't get us wrong. We know you're important. We get it. Uh, 2021 demonstrated the extraordinary challenges farmers face on the front lines of climate change. See, that statement right there. A farmer is not worried about climate change and they're not facing the challenge uh, the way that you think they are. But they live in this Pollyanna world where they think that uh, wind turbines uh, just go up and provide power forever. And these are the people in government now, much like the journalist that I mentioned earlier, Greg. You know, you listen to this climate change stuff yeah it's really stupid eh? well <laughs> i'll tell you what and I, and I really mean this one thing one thing that uh, god love my liberal friends and my my progressive new age friends the people that totally believe in climate change the people that believe that if you pay a carbon tax to your government everything will be okay Okay, I had a dear friend of mine, Mike. I didn't expect to tell this story, but it's a good one. All right. A dear friend of friend of mine in Toronto, who was she was uh, actually went to school with her, 
but she was the absolute champion of all these liberal causes, okay. climate change, uh, everything. And a long while ago, she was ranting and ranting about climate change, and I asked her a question that she couldn't answer. I said, uh, what if you're wrong? Like, That's a good wrong? question, what if never, you're wrong? I, I don't think they think in those terms. Never, I can't be wrong. She can't even consider. I mean, it never even occurred to her. No. I'm wrong about half the things in life. We're all wrong about half the things in life, except climate change activists. They're 100% right about anything. Yeah, they, 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 yeah exactly. They say, hey. Exactly. They you do know? not even consider the possibility that their thinking <laughs> is erroneous. It's like they're professionally uh, impaired or... Uh, I'll, I'll say retarded, like not to make fun of handicapped people, but like engine retarded brakes. Sure. They're slow, sure. but they think they sure. know things, and it's it's a weird dynamic. The, it's funny, but you mentioned Reagan's quote, which is famous, famous, of course, forever. Yeah, it's a much deeper it's a deeper quote than they think. The second the second line of it it says, and I remember they listened to it a hundred times. It's just that they know so much about what isn't so right and there you go there's your answer right there um something's wrong if people think that they're 100 percent right about something and it doesn't matter to me it honestly mike it doesn't matter to me if, if people are activists in any way shape or form whether it's climate change whether it's transaction what tra uh, transactivism whatever it is whatever the the uh the uh cause du jour is it doesn't matter to me it's a free country think what you will you will or what have you where i take issue is when it's imposed on the rest of us especially during regular with uh, regulation and laws it is imposed on the rest of us you've heard over the years mike how many times have you heard i don't mind christians i just don't like them shoving it down my throat right bible thumpers everyone says this. and we wake up in 2022 we have stuff shoved down our throat that we would never have even put on our plate, Mike. Right. So there you go. So no, there you go. It. Yeah, that's it. And and well, and and they they're completely hypocritical for one thing. They do things that that they accuse other people of doing, and it, and it's almost like a weird sort of a cover for them, uh, where they 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 yep. think that. Uh, I don't even know what they think. It's so foreign to me. It's a strange thing. And and I'm the kind of guy, like, I, I get up and I pray in the morning and I carry a burden for the people around me. I, I try to uh, walk in God's love as much as I can and love my neighbors. And, and uh, you know, there are people in my church that uh, they face problems in life and, and I, I, I have to go to God and, and ask for a word for them and uh, but this weird virtue signaling where you're not actually helping or doing anything for anybody, but you go to get to go home at the end of the day and say, I'm such a good person. It's a weird dynamic, man. It really is. Uh, it really is. And I'll tell you what, uh, again, I, what I love about, on your about coming on your show is I chat about things that are just that I never would have thought. The, the one explanation for what we're talking about here, that it really is a liberal mindset. I think it's a brainwashing, whatever. Uh, there's an incredible author that, out there. Uh, he's a black conservative, been around for years. It's Thomas Sowell. Yeah, he's. Uh, I'm a Sowell. fan. I'm a big fan of. Uh, okay. I'm not himself. I, I never say I'm a big yeah. fan of that man. Yeah. I'm a fan yeah. of his work. Yeah. Okay, I'm not a Jordan sure. Peterson sure. fan, but I do like how his brain sure. works. 
So I make that distinction. Sure. Go on. And that's the way it's supposed to be. We don't need to be in love with people. We just need to get their message. One thing about uh, Thomas Sowell, he wrote, he wrote a book that changed my life. It's called Vision of the Anointed. Vision of the Anointed. And anointed is people that we're talking about here, the people that can't think they're wrong. They anointed themselves as the great, not great doers, knowledge people. Uh, and impose it on the rest of us. Uh, rest of us. It started, according to Seoul, and I researched it. I agree. It started in the 1960s campuses, where literally hundreds, if not thousands, of really Marxist professors uh, from Europe parachuted in 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 to the 1960s America, and I think both North and South, Canada and the U.S. But the message that came out of the 60s, and, and it, he calls it the campus elite or the intel, intelligentsia, is they anointed themselves, Mike, as all-knowing, all-doing, and they've been imposing it on us since then. Uh, so I think I think people are waking up to it. I, I really do. And if we're bringing up Tom, if I'm bringing up Thomas Sowell right now because of it, yes, we're waking up. Uh, and always glasses half full i think there's going to be a pushback i think that the desire to really bury common sense that we've seen in this last 10 or 20 years i think it's really going to come back to bite liberals in the butt seriously proverbially um i agree and, uh, because uh we're i agree smarter. look it's just it's scriptural a man's ways will be brought on his own head a man's own right. ways are going to be brought on right. his head. I mean, we're told over and over again, don't be, uh, don't be full of wrath and don't fear them because they're like a blade of grass. They're going to be gone. Uh, we're just about out of right. time in the first hour. It's going really fast. And by the way, I have a, a light system. It's red, yellow, and green, just like traffic lights. And it's strobing right. in and out. It shows me our uh, internet connection from the broadcast program to Rumble. And it's just constantly strobing. It's like I'm in a rave here. Uh, and, wow. and so wow. if you're watching live, you can probably hear me. But if the video's freezing up, that's why. And uh, let's see, we got 165 watching now. Uh, so I'm guessing at the end of the show, Rumble's going to show us that we had five watching live. Uh, Greg, uh, we got about two minutes here where you can tie things up. Uh, put a bow on it. Put some bookends on it. And uh, let everybody know where they can find your writing and your book. Then we're going to go to our network break and uh, jump over to immigration lawyer extraordinaire Elizabeth in Buffalo, New York. Uh, sure, you will. You will love talking with Beth. Uh, she's she's brilliant. She's uh, uh, immigration attorney extraordinaire out of New York, and uh, you're going to have a good time chatting with her. Uh, the bookend of this is just the same bookend every show, Mike. You are doing a great job spreading the word. Uh, if and it's funny on your internet connection. Yeah. If you're maybe you're being censored, or censored or canceled out there, you know, by the deep state. If so, that's the biggest compliment to you in the world. It means they're scared of you, Mike. It means they're scared of you. Wouldn't that be funny if that were that they really were trying to uh, to uh, you know censor you a bit or whatever? Uh, the bookend here too is. Um, Honestly, go to my website anytime. It's gregmeekin.com. That's just my name, G-R-E-G-M-E-A-K-I-N.com. Uh, the trending section, yeah, you know, when you pulled it up earlier, Mike, you got my homepage, but the trending section uh, is where all my recent writings are, including the open letter to Justin Trudeau. 
and uh, I have heard literally just from so many people, Mike, since publishing that letter a few days ago, uh, so many people that have said, that's what we've been wanting to say for a couple of decades now, especially since Justin Trudeau was, was elected. Um, so go to my website. Also, uh, my Facebook page, I follow, I, I really post every day. I'm not this big social media person who posts photos of my dinner or anything. I post stuff that's pretty up to, that is really trending and uh, to the moment. So my Facebook page, please send me a friend request. Um, and, uh, cause a lot of people have been following it just to get kind of my take on things every day. It's a crazy world out there, Mike. It, it is, is a crazy it is. world. Greg Meekin on American yeah. Act Radio. <laughs> We're out of hour one. We got to go to a break network break. Listen to some Otis Clay. We've been ending with this lately. We'll be right back for hour two after this stick around. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm John Scott. Services scheduled today to remember three of the seven people killed when a gunman opened fire on a July 4th parade in Highland Park, Illinois. Thursday, it was a vigil. When we need the names of the 10 people killed in Buffalo, the 19 kids and two teachers killed in Uvalde. Congressman Brad Schneider, a Democrat who represents Highland Park, linked the July 4th parade shooting to recent massacres in New York and Texas. When reading the names of people murdered with weapons of war. That sound courtesy WLS. Today, services are scheduled for two beloved grandfathers and a former synagogue preschool teacher, 63-year-old Jacqueline Sundheim, 88-year-old Stephen Strauss, and 78-year-old Nicholas Toledo Zaragoza. Services for 69-year-old Eduardo Uvaldo are scheduled for Saturday. I'm Ben Thomas. Also at townhall.com, President Biden said the Supreme Court decision overturning the right to an abortion was an exercise in raw political power. And at the White House earlier signed an executive order to help protect access to services to terminate pregnancies. In Japan, police at the shooting scene in Nara have arrested Tetsuya Yamagami, a 41-year-old former member of Japan's Navy on suspicion of murder. Police say Yamagami used a gun that was obviously handmade, about 15 inches long. They confiscated similar weapons and his personal computer when they raided his nearby one-room apartment. At a news conference, officers added Yamagami had responded calmly to questions and had admitted attacking former Prime Minister Shinzo Abe. Correspondent Charles de la Desma. The Dow is down 22 points. The S&P 500 off six. More at townhall.com. We remind all of our listeners that the views and opinions of the show hosts and guests appearing on Mojo Favo Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Cuddle Me Buff LLC, its owners and partners, or this network. Thank you for listening to Mojo Favo Radio. You want to wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud. Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com and don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. Are you looking for something that discusses topics other than politics? Have you ever thought of winterizing your vagina? Are you looking for something fun, uplifting, and kind? 
bone to pick. All right, we're going to just okay, mute her. I'm just going to mute SoCal because she's bitching right now. We don't need to hear it. <laughs> then you should tune in to Mojo Five O Saturdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and hear Damn It with Beaver. Just a warning, there's so much goodness that it sometimes bubbles up and overflows out of your eyes. It literally feels like someone rips my heart out of my chest. But I promise you, you will see that the world is inherently good. And don't ever let the world get you down. You just say, damn it, and move on. That's Damn It with Beaver, Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Mojo Five O Radio. After a long, hard night, I am exhausted. I need something that will stimulate me. That's why I start each day with Ron's sexual chocolate. It really gets me off to work. Find the flavor that stimulates you and gets you off to work at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Mojo comes great responsibility. Mojo Five O. Welcome back to American Oc Radio on Mojo 50 WBN 324M, the Stu Peters Network on Rumble. And we are experiencing weird internet shortages in Canada. You can't do a interact e-transfer. You can't use your debit card right now. Uh, and so I'm watching my internet traffic and it's going in and out. But from what I'm hearing from our live audience over on Rumble, uh, the video's freezing up, but you still have my audio. I am very, extremely, and very much so pleased to announce Miss Elizabeth Claren of Lips, Matthias LLP in Buffalo, New York. We won't hold that against her. By the way, I'm wearing my uh, my New York jersey today, or New York, because we were going to have Beth on. Elizabeth, welcome to American Oc Radio. Uh, let's talk immigration here. You're you're an expert in this, and the reason we uh, got connected in the first place is because I have a family member. Uh, that uh, wants to be the greatest American that ever lived with his family. And so we're going to be discussing that off air. But uh, Elizabeth, welcome to American Oc Radio on the Stu Peters Network. Thank you so much. I hear that almost everyone that I talk to about immigration, that they want to be the best American ever. And uh, that's the mentality I grew up with from my grandparents who immigrated and my parents who carried on that tradition. So I, I very much love what I do anybody who wants to come to the greatest country in the world that is awesome and 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 the very fact that they're doing it legitimately and talking to an uh an immigration lawyer means that they they want to go through official channels they want to do it right 
Uh, they don't want to walk across the border. They don't want to go on welfare. They want a, uh, a, a chance to grab at the ring. They want that American dream, the opportunity. Uh, there's so much. Look, for people living in the United States of America, listening to my voice right now, it drives me crazy when I hear people that have grown up there that uh, crap all over the opportunities that you have had available to your your whole life. Uh, when I when living in Canada and the United States, vastly more so in Canada, uh, you don't know what you have. You just you don't know what you have. There's so many people here uh, that want to move to the United States. There, there's a whole province of Alberta, uh, a good percentage of it that wants to be part of the union. And so, uh, Beth, let's talk about. Uh, your story very briefly, uh, what, what got you involved in immigration law? And uh, just give a, uh, give a condensed bio here, would you? Absolutely, yeah. No, no what, it's very personal to me. I actually went to law school. I used to be a journalist, and uh, so I went to law school thinking I'd you know, get into political commentary or something along those lines, never intending to practice a day of law in my life. And I happened to meet uh, my husband, just as I was going in, who is not an American, he's from Sweden. And so uh, we had to figure out a way to get him over here. Uh, my mom was very concerned that we date like normal people before we uh, before we got married. And so, you know, we got him over here on a student visa. And then we got married partway through my second year of law school. And I just thought, well, how are we going to afford to get him a green card? How are we going to do this right? We We were poor students. We couldn't hire a lawyer. So um, I was taking an immigration law course and just decided, you know what, I'll get a job in immigration and we'll do his green card and then I'll go do what I really want to do. And I loved it. I absolutely fell in love with it. Um, I, like I said, I grew up, you know, the granddaughter of immigrants with this mentality of, you know, my, my grandfather was a, a farmer and his family were farmers and they moved over here um, to chase that American dream. And I grew up with this, this deep, deep appreciation and reminder constantly of how lucky we are to be Americans. And, you know, my husband, he, he felt very much the same way. You know, he wanted to be part of this American dream. He's an entrepreneur at heart. Um, you know, he, he's chasing that American dream the way so many people do. And I applaud him for it. And I'm, I'm so proud to have been part of, of his path and the path of so many other people since. That's fantastic. I love that story. And that's that's what uh, that's what America's made of. I mean, it, it was that dream of getting away from oppression, uh, a king telling you how you can't pray taxation without representation. I mean, in a lot of ways, America is actually more oppressed than it was in 1776. But I think that she'll I think she'll rise again. I really do. I think if it's going to start, it'll be there. Uh, let's talk about some of the cases that you've taken on where people want to be a legitimate American and the government keeps throwing uh, stumbling blocks in their way. They, they try to stop people that have uh, education, serious profession, that want, the need, business owners, people that can actually do it. I, I've seen it with Canada myself uh, and, and the opposite side of the coin. We all know about the southern border. We all know about that. Elizabeth, I want to get your take on some of these things and just kind of uh, go into your wisdom experience here. Yeah, it's been interesting because, of course, in the media, all the focus is on this humanitarian crisis, this illegal immigration, and that that's really where the, the focus is. That's where the policies are, are trending. That's where the politics are. 
that's a hot button issue. And when anybody talks immigration, that's it's almost impossible to avoid talking about what's going on down there. But what's happened as a result of all of that over, you know, several administrations, not just the current one, is the fact that um, illegal immigration has ended up somewhat under attack. My personal opinion on it is that, you know, the DHS, you know, over several administrations, like I said, is feeling like their hands are tied in doing certain things. And, and so where can they push back? And I've been seeing them pushing back on legal immigration in a way that makes absolutely no sense. And so it's very frustrating as an immigration practitioner. I used to tell people all the time, I can send you to the website where you can download the forms. You can do this process yourself. If you don't want to hire a lawyer, that's fine. You know, it's more of a concierge service. And, you know, I can do it right for you. I can make sure you don't make any mistakes, make it fast-tracked. But nowadays... We've come to a place where you really, and I'm not doing this as a shameless plug, you really actually do need somebody who understands this whole cockamamie crazy system to help you through it. Otherwise, everything is going to get derailed halfway through, and you're going to have to start all over, and you might have to repay your fees to the government, and it just gets really frustrating. Yep, so, yep, unfortunately, yep. Canadians, you guys are the ones that suffer the most, I think, under that um you know, you're right at the northern border, so you're our other border that yeah. gets kind of, you know, forgotten about in this melee of, of crisis at the southern border. Um, and, and I deal with a lot of business owners. A lot of my primary client base is, is businesses and business owners who are trying to expand their interests, interests into the U.S. So they've done something successful in Canada. They've built up a, a business. They've you know, employed a bunch of people. They've got some great innovative products. They just want to bring it to the U.S. now. Some of them want to move in. Some of them want to be on both sides of the border. Um, and they just need work authorization. So it's the whole gamut. But it's become just stifling for these, these business owners who want to come across and, and do something great for America, contribute something huge, dump money into the economy, hire U.S. workers. And um, it's this, this immigration stumbling block is just crippling for them. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I mean, the other thing, too, follow the money, right? Like, uh, if you figure that uh, you can extort a Canadian that has a desire to become an American and you, you can bleed them dry a little bit, how bad do you want it then, right? But your average... Uh, and the other thing, too, about a lot of Canadians wanting to move to the States is because... They are conservatives and they want out of communist Canada, whereas your average Nicaraguan coming to the U.S. is broke in the first place and they're most likely going to vote for whoever's going to give them the biggest welfare check from what I've seen anyway. Um, and, and so, uh, yeah, if there's a buck to be made, why not? So, I mean, uh, do, you, do you think that has something to do with it as well? You know, that's, a, that's an interesting question because there is definitely this public perception that you know, the poorer people, the more disadvantaged people are going to come in and suck the system dry. And I'm not convinced that that's true. Um, you know, simply because sometimes the people who come from nothing are the people who have the greatest appreciation for what America has to offer them. Right. So I, I think, you know, yes, there is certainly an issue there and there's, there's a concern there and there's some legitimacy to that. But at the same time, I think, you know, it's like lawyers, right? we all get locked into the same bucket of they're, they're money hungry and they're, you know, they're just chasing a win and they don't have any morals. 
And for someone in my field, which is deeply moral, which is deeply, you know, I feel like I have a mission to help people, um, you know, through what I do as right. a career. And it's a wonderful, rewarding thing. And yet, you know, if, when I go to a hospital and they ask my, my, my profession, I, I, I hesitate to say lawyer. I always say immigration lawyer because I feel like maybe I get a little bit of a pass. And I think maybe with immigrants, they, they suffer under that same perception. You know, if you are coming from, you know, Northern Triangle country or, you know, somewhere where, you know, the, the economy is imploded, there might be this perception that you're just coming to America, you know, to get something out of it and not to give something back. And I, that has not been true for a lot of, in my experience, I, I feel like the people who are the least, who have the least um, come and see America almost most plainly for what it is. There's a lot of business owners out there who uh, see America for what it is, too, and, and just love America and support it. There's a lot of really successful people who don't. And you have to question why that is. And, and the fact that as a nation, we were built on people who had nothing. We were built on people who didn't necessarily come over with great skills. You're right. Um, you know, my own grandfather was the first one in our entire family to go to college. And he, he got there by cutting hair so that he could afford, you know, the books. So... There's something to be said. America is a land of scrappy people. Um, I'm, I'm glad you. I, I want to interrupt you. I'm glad you said that because I caught myself while I was saying it. And we tend to fall into these narratives, whether they're on the uh, one side or the other, uh, where you know, uh, one side every single immigrant is great. The other side, no, they're all just here to sponge off of us and yeah. suck up our money and take. Uh, you know what I mean? And no, there's a nuanced approach. And wouldn't it be funny? If uh, this this push for mass immigration ends up backfiring on the people that think they're going to use it to destroy yep. the country. Yep, absolutely. Which is why immigration is so complex, right? Which is why no politician right. can figure this out. Because there is no single answer for how to do this well. And right. we look at countries like Canada, like Australia, like the UK, New Zealand. You all have this points-based system. Why has that not become widely recognized as the best system, the most prevalent system in the world. Why has not every single country adopted that system? And it's like any other system, it's not perfect, right? So you have to look at, you know, there's a lot of politics around immigration. That's why really president after president after president has talked about the fact the system's broken, that there need to be changes, that there need to, need to be considerations built into it that aren't built into it now. Um, and yet nobody can even get close to proposing or implementing a system that's any different that's going to do better. And I think there's a lot of room for that. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. And, and so like a person doesn't want to get caught in a trap where you just uh, I am this or I am this because it is nuanced. And I, I and they use it right. Like I remember when Jimmy Kimmel brought Trump on stage and he had an immigrant family and and uh, do you hate these people, right? And so you can you can go too far one way where if somebody's just being very reasonable and saying we need to control immigration because obviously, and, and there is also uh, the aspect of the matter where I mean I know somebody that's on the Denver, Colorado fire department. And illegals, uh, you know, people that are in the country, uh, undocumented migrants, whatever you want to call them, uh, when he takes one of them to the hospital, there's a hallway, he said, where they turn right 
and citizens turn left and all of their health care is covered, but citizens end up having to sell the farm for to pay for that cancer treatment or whatever they're doing. And so like it, it's a system system that's created unfairly almost in order to pit people against each other. Would you agree with that statement, Elizabeth? I would say absolutely. Right now we've got, we've got, and, and really that stems from politics. That yep. stems and is a reflection of what's going on in politics right now. And the fact that it is so polarized, you, you are expected to be on one side or the other and there is no middle ground there is no understanding for the other side there is no compassion there is no um no wiggle room and i understand where that comes from too i mean people are are angry about what they're seeing um you know they're, they're terrified and about slipping into a socialist system or slipping too far to the right and people are, react to that very viscerally right yeah so they're they're reacting to that with these sort of almost overreactions and what's happened and I'm blaming COVID for this a little bit too. And what's happened over the last couple of years is people have decided it's okay to hate each other. And, and again, with immigration, that's, that's where America was built, right? It was people fleeing that hatred. It was people coming together from all around the world to flee the hatred they were experiencing in other countries. It's really sad to see that happening in our country. I think that is the thing that keeps me up at night more than anything else is seeing um, people just on a broad spectrum willing to hate each other and okay with hating each other and defining each other based on their belief on one issue. And immigration sometimes is that issue for people. Right. right? And and the other thing, too, is that in the law of Moses, God said, remember, uh, be good to the stranger that's in your land, remembering that you were a stranger in the land of Egypt. And and so, like, this, this is a very nuanced thing that we're talking about, but Let's talk specifically about Canadians and immigration issues. Uh, could you, could you, without naming any names and identifying anybody, and, and I, I don't want you to lose your license or something, but can you get into some stories? <laughs> yeah, yeah, can you get into some stories of things that people would say, yeah. that's crazy? Uh, uh, could you just go ahead with that? We've got about 10 minutes well, left I, here. I, I can tell you a story that will strike at the heart of every Canadian as, you know, you will be outraged. Okay. So last year, so one of the one of the things that I do is I help get athletes into the U.S. I love, I mean, athletes are an interesting breed, right? So right. I represent athletes in all different sports. And one of the sports that I love the most is your great Canadian pastime of lacrosse. And, of course, in Canada, it's huge. And in the U.S., it's the fastest growing sport. It's on the rise. Everybody's doing it right now. The teams in the various leagues, especially the National Lacrosse League, are absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal teams. Um, the, the athleticism of these, these kids and the fact that they're doing it, they're not doing it for the big bucks in the NHL or the NFL. They're doing it for the love of the sport. And everyone around them is trying to support them for the love of the sport. So um, I, do, I, I do represent a couple of teams in the National Lacrosse League. And last year um, – we, we go to put in, you know, every year we put in these, these they're called P1 athlete visa applications or petitions. We put them into the government. We talk about these guys that are coming in for these teams and how great they are and how much potential they have. And, you know, it, it, they're, they're obviously athletes. They're being recruited by the National Cross League, you know, by a team in the National Cross League, which is the major league for the sport. It's an obvious stamp it approved, right? right? And last year there was this unprecedented and unbelievable coordinated attack from U.S. 
Citizenship and Immigration Services on the sport of lacrosse, where almost all of the teams that put in petitions received um, the almost exact same request for evidence from the government. It was like it was like 12 pages long. It was this insane request for evidence, basically saying we don't think most of your guys qualify. So what they ended up doing is holding up the holding the sport of lacrosse hostage. And, I mean, there's a tight time frame. You've got to draft, and then you've got to prep the petitions, then you've got to put it in, then you're waiting for an answer. So it's a pretty tight time frame between when we file for those visas and when the season starts in December. So, you know, normally we thought we had tons of time. We thought this was going to be a walk in the park, and we end up in this fight for the sport of lacrosse in the U.S. like you've never seen. You know, there are a couple other attorneys who are phenomenal who also represent teams that I know. We kind of got together and talked about what's in these requests for evidence. How do we go about overcoming this? We talked to, you know, World Lacrosse. We're talking to the National Lacrosse League. We're getting letters from everybody saying, you guys are crazy. These guys are obviously athletes. But it sucked up. And we ended up having to get for this, this last team that they would not approve, that they actually tried to deny. This last team, we ended up having to get multiple congressmen involved. They had to make special calls through a special line to U.S. immigration to get the case reopened, which is almost unheard of. And when they reopened the case, they approved the case based on the same facts that had been submitted with the initial response and the request for evidence response. So, so it's the same old I mean, story. The like, left hand don't know what the right hand's doing, and uh, it depends on the agent or the person in the bureaucracy that you talked to that day and whether they had a bad yeah. morning. Maybe their wife made their eggs uh, on the wrong side and they were looking stupid on the plate, so they're taking it out on somebody, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, and that's the thing. And these, these are major athletes, superstars in their sport, and they're being told, no, you're not really, we don't think you're an internationally recognized athlete. Despite the fact that you played internationally, you're being recruited internationally, the, the league you're going into competes internationally, and this is, these are major players. Now think about this. If these major athletes have to get some congressmen to call some special line to get, some, to get somebody to look at this with a common sense viewpoint and say, oh, yeah, that might not have been the best decision. You know what? You're absolutely right. We should, we should, I mean, God bless them. I, I'm, I'm proud of the USDA for being willing to reopen the case. I'm very grateful for that. So this is not completely broken, but if that's what major international athletes have to do, what is the guy on the street? What chance does he stand right. in, in getting work authorization based on qualifications? And I've got stories galore of these internationally, uh, international, a multi-million dollar company CEOs who come up against the same types of challenges and obstruction from the government. They're just pushing back and pushing back. And it makes it impossible for, you know, Joe, Joe Smith down the, down the road to figure all this out and, and get through the system. Right. Right. It's almost like being a, uh, a lesbian basketball star going into Russia with a vape pen. Almost. I don't know. Probably feels that way. I would bet it it feels very... I mean, I know it's frustrating because I hear it all the time. I end up... I I feel like half the job of being an immigration lawyer these days is just talking people down off that bridge and just saying, listen, I've got you. We're going to deal with this. It'll be okay. And it's like I'm I'm half lawyer and I'm half therapist. 
Yeah, I, I mean, well, and that's it. You know what, though? I'm so glad that there are people like you that are taking this on because there's there's a lot of uh, situations in amongst this that that could be open to exploitation if, if a person wanted to. Am I right? Absolutely. Like there's Absolutely. there's opportunity I mean, there where, uh, you know, a person... And that's the other thing. A lot of lawyers will specifically drag out cases uh, just, to, just to keep collecting hours off of it. And, and so, I mean, when you have somebody that's real like you and actually has a heart for people, uh, I mean, like you said, lawyer, lawyers get a bad rap and a lot of them deservedly so. Uh, Hillary Clinton was a lawyer, for example. But, uh, you know, it... it we can't paint them all with the same brush. And, and uh, uh, the other thing, too, you know, what, what we've seen. What? There's, there's at least one good lawyer who is just, you know, it's, it's like same thing with doctors, right? There's quack doctors out there. But most doctors are out there doing what they do because they love what they do and they love helping people. And most people don't go into law. I mean, ambulance chasers aside, most people don't go into law because they, they're going in for the money. Right. They're going into it because want to do something good they want to they want to contribute something they want to help people i i did a stint in the public defender's office in 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 law school and you know i could never do that work but i'm so grateful there are people out there who genuinely believe that everyone deserves zealous representation because the system wouldn't work without them right the we've only got a few minutes left the other thing that i've seen and we actually had a guy that uh, I interviewed years ago before we were with Mojo Five O or I ever knew Stu Peters or any of this, uh, that this man had married a woman from the United States and uh, yeah, some things with immigration kicked up because he had had, uh, like basically he was busted with a joint in his car in high school and all of a sudden his wife and kids and him are separated at the border because some border agent decides that he's Pablo Escobar and they... They're keeping a family apart, and meanwhile, uh, people are just walking across the southern border. Have you seen that, too? Oh, we've seen, yeah. I mean, that absolutely. We've seen a lot of cases where, you know, what they're looking at when they look at criminal inadmissibility is they're looking at a, a number of things, but amongst them are, have you reformed? So I always tell people, you got to be careful because you got to be honest. Number one tip I have is you've got to be honest. Um, you know, it. it you don't have to disclose. People get nervous. They start talking. You don't have to disclose your whole life story, but you've got to be honest. If you're asked a question, you can't lie or, or white lie because misrepresentation can be almost as bad as, as all-out fraud. Um, and if they feel like you've lied, I mean, they have a lot of discretion to make that decision and call it, um, call it inadmissibility permanently for the rest of your life. But if you can show that, you know, you've genuinely reformed your character, I get waivers all the time for people of inadmissibility for stupid things they did when they were kids, you yeah. know? And, uh, and there, there are ways to do that. There are ways to, to show that. And thankfully, the government is somewhat receptive to that. So, I, you know, I feel like as long as you make the argument, you know, the right way and you prove it, you got to prove everything with evidence. You can't just say things. Um, and as long as you can document your intentions, show, you know, your community involvement, those kinds of things, um, oftentimes they will soften to that argument. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Could you give out your website where people can get a hold of you if they have immigration issues? And uh, I'm going to be getting a hold of you later on to talk about my brother's case. And uh, 
Uh, just so you know, right off the bat, we are we're slick, we're broke, we're poor. <laughs> I will talk to anyone, and I will do everything I can to help, no matter what. So, um, yeah, our firm is Lippis Matthias. It's www.lippes.com, and uh, we we do all sorts of good work. So, not just immigration. That is awesome. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being so generous with your time. I would love to have you back on again sometime to talk about immigration issues when we have more time. Unfortunately, we have other things planned and we've got to go to a commercial break for our sponsors. Uh, Once again, thank you, Elizabeth. We appreciate you here. Absolutely. There's always going to be the next good immigration story. We can we can count on that. Oh, it's I'm never going to end. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Elizabeth, have All a great right, day. Well, Thanks have... for coming on American Huck Radio. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. We're going to go to a commercial break. And when we get back, uh, fascinating what's going on in the chat room this whole time while I was talking with Elizabeth. Uh, there's a lady in there that had a dream. Uh, she wants to uh, have interpreted... And I'm not going to claim that I have the interpretation, but in fact, I just read some scripture this morning that actually goes right into that. And uh, the study that we have prepared kind of goes along with it, too. (laughs) We'll be back. The last segment in the ninth hour prayer on American Arc Radio. You want to wake up refreshed like you slept on a cloud. Get yourself the very best in bedding supplies today. You deserve it. Go to MyPillow.com. And don't forget our very special promo code, Mojo50, for incredible savings. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company. Much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs. And if you can dream it, we can probably make it. We can custom laser cut and engrave on nearly all material. Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow us to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. View our designs at RomicaDesigns.com or simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Call us at 817-400-4040, email info at RomicaDesigns.com or visit us on the web at RomicaDesigns.com. Five major food distributors have suffered explosions at food processing and storage facilities in the last few months. 20 more facilities have been destroyed by fires over the last four months. War in Ukraine drags on and holds the looming threat of nuclear escalation. U.S. inflation is officially reported above 8%. Mobs of people are whipped into frenzy by an increasingly unstable class of political elites. We live in interesting times. Political, economic, and financial collapse are all very real threats to our way of life. If the worst happens, make sure you and your loved ones are prepared with emergency food and supplies from preparewithmojo50.com. That's preparewithmojo50.com. Coffee lovers everywhere now have the opportunity to do their part to save the planet with Al Gore's lab-grown coffee substitute. We, here at Coffee Drinkers for Climate Change, believe this is a terrible idea. 
While man-bun-wearing, soy latte-loving poodle walkers everywhere are in love with the eco-friendly lab-grown sadness water, coffee drinkers for climate change want to see the sea levels rise, and for New York City to join the lost city of Atlantis, 12,000 leagues beneath the sea. American Pride Roasters, historically great coffee. Every pot brewed is an eco-disaster 100 times greater than the Fukushima extinction-level event. So order yours today and do your part to hasten the end of the planet. You don't want to live forever, do you? AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That's AmericanPrideRoasters.com. How dare you? (laughs) We dare. We dare. Hey, lovelies, does anyone have any new conspiracy theories? Because all the ones I know have come trade. <laughs> Join me, Rhea Bo, here on Sunday Long Live Radio, live every Sunday of the year, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard, 10 a.m. UK, and 9 p.m. New South Wales. I'll see you Sunday. America Radio. Radio. I would say the world's most underrated radio shows. American Uck Radio. This guy, Mike Phillip, is brilliant. I listen to him every day. Love your show. I, I really do. I'm a huge fan. Thank you for doing what you're doing. American Uck Radio. Well, God loves the outlaw, but he doesn't love the sin. to the last segment of American Talk Radio on Mojo 5 O W B N three two four and the Stu Peters Network on Rumble. This is Mike Phillip. Um, I got I I've been getting up really early and getting into the Word of God lately, and uh, wow, I was looking at the chat while I was on that interview with Elizabeth. Uh, I I can multitask. I'm I'm that kind of a guy. And I read a verse this morning in Isaiah while I was going through my study about owls. And it really stuck out in my mind. And uh, then it was quoted in the chat. And there's a woman, I said she had a dream. Um, I was off base. It wasn't a dream, it was a vision. Delta Harp. And, uh, well, very interesting. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to interpret that for you. I'm not going to claim that I can. I, I have another study that I want to go through today, and <laughs> well, owls and the wilderness. Uh, we had a woman in our church that uh, had a a dream that there was unclean spirits over her house, and they looked like owls. And, and and she knew they were devils in the dream. They were only about this big, just little ones, like a little barn owl, right? Not like a great horn or anything like that. Um, but the desert and the wilderness mentioned in the book of Psalms, like an owl in the wilderness, the desert is is oftentimes referred to in the, in the word of God as a place that is dry. There's no water, okay? There's no, uh, it's lonely, 
It's, it's separation from God. And when the psalmist wrote that, that's what he was writing about. I don't know if this has anything to do with your vision, Delta Harp, but uh, that, this is something that actually came to my attention while I was reading this morning, and I sat and considered it for a while. And uh, it could be that God wants to uh, do something really special for you. And we're going to pray that you get a interpretation of of what you saw because uh, God's not going to give you a vision without telling you what it is. Uh, if you look at Acts uh, chapter uh, with Cornelius there and Peter, he had a vision of the unclean animals. And God said to him, don't call unclean what I have cleansed. Well, when he cleansed it, it was it was the Gentile, Cornelius, and his house. And they were born of the water and the Spirit. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to know exactly what that all meant for you, Delta Harp. I'm just not. Uh, but what we are going to do is pray about it. And like I said, this is something that came to my attention this morning, reading in the Word of God. But I have a uh, homework assignment. By the way, there's a lady, uh, Judy. I got an email yesterday. Her and her family, her husband, her children, and their pets have to move out of their place and find a new one for the end of the month. Now, she specifically reached out to me about this through AmericanOcRadio.com. So in the ninth hour of prayer today, we're going to pray that that family is led to the perfect situation, something better than they have now. God can do it. He's able. He's capable. I've seen him do it over and over again. And uh, I just love watching you guys banter back and forth in the chat room and if the video keeps freezing up let's see we've got 190 watching now so i'm guessing there's probably about 3000 and uh rumble's going to tell us that six people were watching at the end of the show so <laughs> i have a homework assignment for you guys okay and this actually could be part of helping you to interpret your uh your vision delta harp i don't know i don't know i don't know but that that's usually God just does stuff like this and and he'll tell you something and then he'll let you ponder it for a while. And uh, boy, he's something, isn't he? I want you to uh, all memorize something. I want you to memorize something for Monday, okay? I want you to drill down into it because uh, this this is something that I want to memorize myself. It's a very short chapter in the book of Isaiah and then we're going to jump over to the book of John. And I want to... Uh, Really lift up your spirit. God speaks the end from the beginning. And a lot of, well, most of the law and the prophets were talking about uh, Jesus coming, okay, and, and being here and the things he did, uh, and, and, and the church, his bride, okay? Uh, a lot of that was for them at the time, okay? They were being warned of impending destruction if they didn't repent, but they were also told of a time when uh, there was going to be a lone voice crying in the wilderness, make a straight path, and there would be wells of water that would spring up in the desert, okay? And that what that is is a thirsty soul. Blessed is he who hungers and thirsts after righteousness, for they shall be filled, is the Lord. Sound is fine. I'm not leaving. Yeah, I'm guessing uh, we're having... Problems with our internet here, but uh, Shaw Internet uh, Shaw Communications, the biggest internet provider in Canada, is having blockages today. So uh, not Shaw, but uh, Rogers, 
And we're on Shaw, but now Rogers is apparently having problems too because I'm getting a signal on my broadcast program that uh, it's in and out. But if you can hear me, uh, remember, I want you to remember this. This is Isaiah, Isaiah, the prophet, chapter 12. And in that day, thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Thou wast angry with me. Thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. There was a time when God had a hot, sore, displeasurous anger with me, and I felt it. Okay, I felt it. And there's nothing worse than feeling God's wrath on your life. Okay? And and I've I've been there, and there's there's I don't care who you are. I don't care how tough you think you are. I don't care if you're an MMA fighter. I don't care if you've got 6,000 guns and an Abrams tank and a Harrier jet. If you feel God's anger on your life, there's nothing better than when he ceases to be angry and starts to comfort you. And it can be the best thing that ever happens. And that's Isaiah 12, 1, this very short chapter. I want everybody to memorize this for Monday. Okay? Because I want you to get this in your heart. This is beautiful stuff. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for, and I want you to listen up here, okay? This is big. This is a revelation that you need to get. For the Lord Jehovah, all right, there's that name Jehovah uh, that certain witnesses claim to have a revelation of. The Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. But listen to this. He is also become my salvation. What that's revealing to you was Jesus Christ is Jehovah or God Almighty, the Spirit of God, in flesh become our salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Water out of the wells of salvation. All right? Nothing better than water in a dry place. When you're thirsty and dry, all you want is water. But he's not going to give you just a glass of it. Oh, no. You're going to draw water out of a deep, unending well of salvation. And in that day shall you say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his doings among the people. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Now Zion is wherever you're at. Zion is where you're at. When you're thirsty and dry and the Lord gives you that river of living water. All right. Isaiah chapter 12. It's only six verses long. Just six verses. But it's so powerful. If you can get this in your heart. That Jehovah has become our salvation. Jesus. The fusion of spirit and flesh. He became our salvation. 
Turn with me to John chapter 4. He said in that day, with joy, you will draw water out of the wells of salvation. Turn with me to John chapter 4. Jesus came to Israel. He came unto his own and they knew him not. All right? And Jews at that time did not talk about or with or associate with Samaritans. They were like an owl alone in the desert. In a dry place. Jesus had been in a long journey. And he came from Judea. Departing again to Galilee. But he had to go through Samaria. And he cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near a parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. There's the well. And Jesus, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour, the sixth hour of the day. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. You give me something to drink, you woman of Samaria. You owl in the desert. (laughs) As his disciples went into town to buy food. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans? That was an insult to a Jew. Remember the Pharisees said to him, Sayest we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? That was an insult to a Jew to call them a Samaritan. This woman had accepted and resigned. Jews don't talk to us. Praise the Lord. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Living water. Remember, our God is a spring of water in the desert, in a dry place. Over and over again, the prophets talked about this time. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou this living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Praise the Lord. That was a foreshadowing a foreshadowing Jacob and his children drinking from the well. But she's a Samaritan, you say. Not to mention a woman. <laughs> Sorry, ladies. Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give him shall never Thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him. A well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, 
go call thy husband and come hither. At this point, this woman has a decision to make. She can lie. She can pretend that everything's perfect and everything is all right. Or she can be honest. She chose honesty. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. She can give a lot of detail, but she was honest. Jesus saith unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband, in that saidst thou truly. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive, perceive that thou art a prophet. Now look, we talked yesterday about pointing out sin in people's lives. And how that the church is supposed to do that. Well, look, Jesus just called her out on breaking the law of Moses. And she was honest about it. And he wasn't mean to her. He just said, you know, uh, thank you for being honest with me. And the Spirit spoke through him and showed her life. This is the gift. This is a spiritual gift of a word of knowledge. And what it was going to do was bring about a drink of water in a dry place. Praise God. She said, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And you say what, that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, woman, believe me. The hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You ain't going to go to this mountain. You ain't going to do some pilgrimage to Israel to worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Remember, salvation was going to come out of the tribe of Judah. The rod of Jesse, the lineage of David, and Abraham before him. Amen? And Abraham was a Chaldean, you got to remember. Amen? He was given the sign of circumcision. <laughs> Conversion, circumcision of the heart, you can see it over and over. It's the same spirit speaking through all of this of the same thing. He says, but the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth for the Father seeketh such to worship him. And he goes on and he says something here that is uh, very, 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 very important. Verily, verily, I say unto thee. Ask somebody sometime, what is God? What is God? And some people will say to you, well, God's a trinity. Or he's this, or he's that. John 4, 24, God is a spirit. God's a spirit. He's only one. Let me read that for you one more time. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he's come, he will tell us all things. Now, she was just going to get a drink of water because she was thirsty. This Samaritan woman received the greatest blessing a person can ever get. She was hungering and thirsting for righteousness. She went down to the well and she got a reveal from God in the flesh. Jesus saith unto her, I that speaketh unto thee am he. I am he. Over and over again, if you read in Isaiah and the prophets, God said, I am he. It was him! And he was fulfilling Isaiah 12, just six verses. Let's read it one more time. I want you to memorize this over the weekend. We're just about at the ninth hour of prayer where we pray Isaiah 12. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. Who's the Savior? Jesus. I will trust and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Well, when did that happen? I'll tell you when it happened. When a virgin under the power of a spirit had a son formed inside the womb. That was Jehovah becoming our salvation. Prophecy. Therefore, with joy, shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. Remember Jesus said, I am come to fulfill the law and the prophets. Well, you just read it in John chapter 4. And that can be fulfilled in you today. Amen? You can have a touch from God. You can have a big gulping drink of a rivers of living water that pour out of your body, out of your belly. Amen? A joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise God. He goes on. And in that day shall you say, Praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Call upon His name. Declare His doings among the people. Testify. Tell the people what He's done. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, this is good. This is good. Make mention that His name is exalted. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is my general. Amen. I wear it on a shirt on my back, but more importantly, you got to wear it on your life. It is the wedding garment without spot or wrinkle. Praise the Lord. Sing unto the Lord, for he hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. Ha! 
Praise God. Oh man, I'm excited. I am excited to get up every day an hour earlier than usual and read and feast upon the manna from heaven and 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 have him plot out my day and guide me and lead me. I'll tell you what. I got a wrong number one day and it led to a church for a guy in Wisconsin. It was the perfect situation. If he's leading you, you can't go wrong. And it might seem like, what the heck? This doesn't make sense. This woman was just going down to get a bucket of water. And at the time appointed, Jesus showed up and fulfilled Isaiah 12. And he chose a Samaritan woman to do it. Oh, praise God. And that little lady... She led a mighty revival. She went to the city and said, Come see a man that told me all things whatsoever I have done. Declare his doings. And many believed on him that day. And I'll bet you when the new covenant came along, I bet you that little lady was part of a church somewhere and was born of the water and the spirit. We got to go. But we're going to come back after this little break while I disconnect from Mojo Five O. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Mojo Five O and WBN Three Two Four. We'll be back on Monday. Isaiah Twelve, memorize it. I keep this is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five O. <laughs>